All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Vicki Etherington. So Vicki is a multi-award-winning website creation coach who has been supporting entrepreneurs in their online marketing and with their websites since 2003, which is like several lifetimes in, in digital marketing world. She works with coaches, course creators, and people transitioning into entrepreneurship to teach them how to grow their business online and create their own client-winning websites through her signature Rock That Website program. Her work is about helping people who aren't comfortable with marketing and technology to understand how to create a website, which is fully focused on growing their impact and their business and how to release themselves from any reliance on anyone else. All right. Thank you, Vicki, so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Olivia. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to chatting to you. Yeah. So we, we've kind of, we're going to chat a little bit today about burnout, right? And how to avoid burnout as a super busy, crazy entrepreneur and everything else we have on our plates as well. Um, So do you want to start us off with telling maybe just a little bit about your story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I started out as an entrepreneur, like you mentioned in 2003. And at the time, I genuinely didn't know a single other person who was running their own business. And so I kind of stuck my head in the sand a little bit and just dived into doing my own thing. And I didn't even realize there were all these amazing support mechanisms that are available to us. And perhaps they weren't as available back then. You know, the online community was kind of really young at that point in time. Um, And I was building a digital marketing agency and um, I just got very wrapped up in serving my clients and and it served me really well, but I had no boundaries around my work at all. Mm -hmm. And it very soon became apparent to me that my kind of work and personal life, the, the lines were blurring. It was like my work was carried into everything I was doing. And I got to the point where I almost felt guilty when I wasn't working. And I think... As entrepreneurs, I think lots of us feel that way. Um, and there's always so much more to be doing. And my self-care just absolutely plummeted. I was um, I was a, a, a mom of two young boys and I had a, quite a newborn baby who was, um, who was unwell and he didn't really sleep. And my husband was in the military. He was away a lot. And so I was just, I was juggling quite a lot of stuff as well as trying to keep my business running at the time. And I think that kind of burnout just crept up on me with, I just didn't see it coming. And, um, and I got to the point where it actually manifested itself in a physical illness. So I became really unwell with a nerve condition that was, that would impact my face. So, um, and it was excruciatingly painful and it meant that there were some some weeks i mean literally weeks where i couldn't eat um because it was too painful to just even move my jaw uh, i couldn't read bedtime stories to my boys and that was like the most heartbreaking part of it was that i found it really difficult to speak um so when they came home from nursery or 
whatever it was, I just, I couldn't even talk to them. And, um, and I realized at that point, it was a really, really low point in my life. And I realized that something had to change. And, um, and at the time I was just working one-to-one with clients and I was helping clients grow their businesses and was really having huge success. But I had, I, I never, I never said no. So I never said no to a project. I never, I never said no to a change deadline. I was literally just at the beck and call of my clients. And it was just such, it was just such a decimating way for me to work really. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I would get up at four in the morning just to make sure I could get some work done before the boys woke up and to try and hit my client deadlines. And, um, and so when I realized that this was just like spiraling out of control, I realized that I had to change my business model completely. And so rather than starting to, um, build websites for clients, which is what I'd been doing up until that time, I actually, um, I started to teach clients how they could build their own websites. And that was a massive turning point for me because it meant that I was able to work with so many more people because, you know, building a website is a time consuming process. And so I was taking on three or four new clients, three or four new projects every month. Um, and even though I had a team helping me, it was just, it, I just wasn't working efficiently. And so, um, and so actually starting to work with clients to help them create their own websites was just, so liberating because I was able to work with about 20 clients at any one time um, and work with them in a group program in a group setting. And what I found when I kind of made that transition and shifted over to that group program, um, I was I, I was able to serve them so much better. I was able to show up so much better because I had more energy and it was just uh, it was just this kind of incredible discovery. And it was because I had started working with a mentor and she had made that recommendation. And it was a, it was a, a really uncomfortable change for me to make. I couldn't visualize how I could possibly deliver that. Um, but the, yeah, the change was, was radical and it had a massive impact on, on my health and on my income and, and of course on my, on my time freedom, which I think lots of us set up in business in order to achieve that kind of time freedom that we see lots of digital entrepreneurs having. And yet very often the exact opposite happens is that we become prisoners and slaves to our business, which um, is exactly what happened to me. And, and I think it happened to me because I was, I was just so unaware of, of the alternatives. I literally just just completely absorbed myself in growing my business in really the worst possible kind of way. So um, I would just encourage anybody who finds that they're starting to have those kind of feelings of um, almost like entrepreneurial guilt when you're kind of feeling like you get invited out for a meal with your friends and you feel like you kind of reluctantly say yes, but think, oh God, I actually, I should be putting together that email sequence that I haven't done yet. Or so you go out and you've constantly got that kind of your mind is worrying about all the things that you should be doing. And you don't let yourself have fun anymore because you're constantly thinking about the other things that you should be doing. And I think as soon as you start to recognize that if you recognize yourself in any of that, it's time to really pull back and go, whoa, okay. Um, 
what what's happening and how can I take better control or put better boundaries around around the work that I'm doing and make sure that you actually start scheduling time for for your fun stuff for going out with your friends or going out for a run or whatever it is that you do that lights you up um and and making sure that it's you're just not letting yourself go down that slippery slope towards burnout because it's a really difficult place to kind of lift yourself out of again yeah no absolutely and i i appreciate the points you brought up of that the entrepreneurial guilt because it's so very true it's so real and yeah. i think it's kind of something you can fall into without realizing you're falling into it, that you're in that point of feeling guilty. I know I have felt, I have, I'm a solo parent with a two-year-old, work from home with him, got a million projects on my plate. And so I essentially get to work on my business when he's sleeping. Yeah. So that for me, then if someone on the weekends or something wants to get together for lunch, or if he's maybe at his dad's or something, and I have a block of six to eight hours or more to work, you know, I feel like I should be sitting down and working in my business or on my business or doing these things. But when then friends come up and say, well, hey, like, let's go do this. Let's go clothes shopping because we haven't done that in like a decade. Um, and or let's go do lunch because now we can. Um, it's uh I find myself feeling very guilty because I should be doing this stuff in my work because I don't have any other time to do it. Yeah. But the whole point of being in your business, at least for me, was so that I'd have that flexibility to spend the time with my son, with my friends, with my family, you know, to be able to help others and help myself and be able to enjoy life as well. And I think remembering the those reasons why you got into your business in the first place yeah. help yeah absolutely I think going back to the kind of that why that you had right at the outset that mm -hmm. made you excited is a good place to go back to when you feel you're slipping into that entrepreneurial guilt another thing that I realized when I realized I had it all wrong was when I started getting frustrated when my eldest son was waking up from his lunchtime naps. Mm. I would, I would, instead of like being excited to go and pick him up and um, like play with him, I'd be frustrated because I still had like 10 things left on my to-do list that I hadn't managed to get through. And, um, and I had to really check myself one day when I could feel that like anxiety rising as I heard him waking up one day and I was like, God, he's only had 45 minutes. And normally he has like an hour and 15 minutes. I've like lost that half an hour. And I had so much that I was going to do. And I had to just check myself and go, what, what are you like? This is a moment that I should be joyful about where I should be going and scooping mm -hmm. him up and playing with him. At, and I'm actually almost resentful at the fact that he's, he's like lost me half an hour of work time. And it made me realize that my priorities were just so wrong at that moment and that I had to start flipping my narrative around it and um, and just becoming more um, productive with my time that I had whilst he was sleeping or um, or changing my business model completely so that I did have more time. And actually, for me, that was just that was switching from that one to one working model to that group coaching model. And obviously, that's not going to work for everybody. But um 
I think if anybody is working that one-to-one model, we have to be mindful of the fact that we only have so many hours every week that we can that we can work and we can't clone ourselves and duplicate ourselves so we have to um either make those hours work for us or we have to increase our prices because we have to have the income in order to sustain that limited working hours or we um or we find something different we find a different way to work and that was that was my choice i didn't want to raise my prices i wanted to find a different way that would just give me the freedom that i needed yes i love those points you the the different options you have there and i actually implemented all of those options when <laughs> i realized that i had to make a switch cuz i felt the same thing you did of Grayson would start to wake up from his nap and I'd be like, no, go back to sleep. I have so much to do. And it's like, no, wait, I want to spend time with him. That's why I'm doing this. And but by uh, switching from that model where I was trading all of my time for money, that was the only way I was making any income was directly related to how much time I put in switching to a group model, you know, with with my membership, with a group program. Um I did increase my prices on my one-to-one work. I've done so multiple times since then. And it allows me, and I think this is where people tend to get caught up in, in being very hesitant about this. It allows me to give more of myself to my business, actually. Puts me in a position where I'm not burnt out. I'm not so stressed. I can give more. I can help more people. And... I think at least some of the women I've worked with, they can tend to feel um, feel very guilty also. But there's that word again, the guilt, yeah. um, bringing it back in of guilty for raising their prices, guilty saying, you know, that they're not want to spend the one-on-one time with people, you know, pulling back their time and asking for more money can bring up a lot of mindset blocks I think is is that what you have found yeah absolutely 100% and in fact you know when we're talking about mindset blocks <clears throat> you know we can give our clients or we can take on as many tactics and working strategies and this kind of thing as we want to but at the end of the day I think for me um it's all come down to mindset I've had to do so much work on on my mindset in order for me to grow my business. Because I think a lot of us, we kind of, we have these hidden little like mind monkeys and gremlins that mm-hmm. are chattering to us all the time. And things like pricing is a really big deal. But also, you know, I, I know for me, I kind of, I hit an income ceiling and I plateaued because I felt like it was unrealistic for me ever to earn more than that. So as soon as I hit six figures, it was like, my business growth just stalled. And and that was just, that was all in my head. That was all just um, mind, like money mindset stuff that was coming up from from my childhood, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, it, it took a lot of work for me to work through that and then continue my business growth. And I think for lots of us, we get really focused on, you know, learning how to grow our Instagram following or how to learn how to automate our email sequences and all this kind of stuff. And it's valuable and useful stuff. And a lot of it is what I teach. But actually, until we get our mindset right, I think that 
there's just there's so many stumbling blocks and I know that with my burnout a lot of that a huge contributor to that was my inability to say no so I'm like this massively recovering people pleaser so it was if I was working on a on a project for a client and they suddenly had a PR opportunity for example and let's say the deadline for our website to go live was in a month's time and suddenly they had this PR opportunity and it meant that in 10 days time they wanted their new website to be live I would like work through the night to make that happen and um and in many ways you know I guess in many ways that's commendable that I would bend over backwards and do anything to make sure that my projects were delivered on time for my client when they needed it. But at the same time, it's just unrealistic for us to feel that we can accommodate every single request that our client puts in if they're shifting the goalposts. And, and so for me, there was a really big thing around I just felt incapable of letting people down and saying no to them if they had one of those requests. And so that was a massive contributor to me just ending up working all hours to try and achieve these unachievable deadlines. And in the end, something has to give. And um, and I think it's important for us to recognize when we don't have those boundaries and to start putting things in place. So um so yeah, I, I think mindset plays a massive, massive part in any entrepreneur's journey and their success and their growth. How um so how did you start to put boundaries in place for yourself? Because I think that's again is something that I used to struggle with as well as, you know, an overachiever, overgiver, you know, that whole, like you said, not being able to say no, um, yeah. wanting to be there to support them. How, how did you combat that? So I, I became very clear on um, putting managing expectations right from the outset of a, of a contract, of a new contract, that if there was going to be any change in, um, in any of our agreed parameters, that there might be um, a price implication, i.e. they might have to pay for any kind of additional or reduced timelines. Um, but the other thing that I did, this is such a simple thing, <laughs> The other thing I did was um, I took my phone number off my website mm. and um, and I started asking my clients to schedule calls with me and I blocked, I time blocked times when I could actually, when I would be available to speak to clients. And it meant that my phone wasn't just ringing off the hook all the time because when I got onto calls with clients, you know, I have a really good rapport with my clients. And so, you know, would often be saying, you know, how was your holiday last week? And, you know, and you get into a conversation, it's not always productive. And before you know it, that 15 minute call that you were just going to jump onto to discuss something about the project has turned into a 45 minute call. And if you're doing that, like on a regular basis throughout the week, your time just vanishes. And so, I would say that that was the smallest thing I did around implementing boundaries that had the biggest impact was that I just removed my phone number. I made myself less available um, and I now put a scheduler up on my site instead. So if people wanted to speak to me, they could book in at a time where I had blocked out the time to actually speak to clients. And that was a huge mindset thing for me because it made me it felt really wrong for me to be doing that for me to kind of be distancing myself from my clients when I wanted to work really closely with them. But um, 
I had no pushback from that. I had nobody tell me that it was unacceptable for me to do it. Um, it was all my own stories that was that I was bringing up when I decided to do that and felt resistance to it. So, um, and it undoubtedly made a massive difference to my productivity. The other thing that I did was I did a lot of time blocking. So I did a lot of research about how I should start time blocking and the Pomodoro method. And, um, and I literally had a timer for 25 minutes that I, so I started working in these 25 minute blocks mm -hmm. and, um, and so my productivity went through the roof and, and also I didn't have these constant interruptions and distractions because I wasn't dipping into my emails all the time. My phone wasn't ringing all the time. And so that was really, really useful for me in terms of making sure that I had, um, far more boundaries around the times that I was working. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really, really amazing. I think it can be such a kind of a contradictory thing that by stopping the habit of overgiving, you're actually able to give more of yourself to your clients. You're actually yeah. able to help on a much deeper level. And yeah, so that's amazing. And I love the Pomodoro technique, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's great. And actually, for me, it was just, it, it was really, I mean, it's like, it's a cliche, isn't it? But it was really life changing for me. It yeah. made such a huge difference. Um, and, you know, when we're talking, go back to that, you know, you know that your, your child is going down for a nap and you've got this like hour window of where you can get stuff done. Mm -hmm. When we do that, we know that we're going to work really hard for that hour and we're going to get a lot of stuff done. It's going to be productive. And it's the same with if we worked like that all the time, mm -hmm. uh, we would just get so much more done. It's like when you're planning to go on holiday, right? You get so much work done in that week before you go away right, because we right. know that you've got to cram it all in. And it's just because we're super focused. And if we had that kind of hyper focus all the time, we would free up so much more of our time to do other stuff that we enjoy doing because we would still have the same output. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Vicki. I could talk with you forever on this, but we'll wrap up here. Thank you so much for joining today. If people want to continue the conversation with you or learn more about what you do, where can they find you? So the best place to get in touch with me is uh, through my website, which is the website mentor.com, or I have a, um, an online community on Facebook, which is where I spend a lot of my time hanging out online. It's a really cool group of people in there. Um, and that's called the WordPress happy community. Um, and, uh, those are probably the, the best place I'm on all the like different platforms, but those are the best places to actually get in touch with me. Okay, great. I'll make sure all those links are available. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for joining us this week on marketing like a mother if you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care. <laughs>